0: Welcome to Point of Origin, episode 10, the podcast where the synopsis for this episode had me really wondering if I'd actually seen this episode for a minute.
1: What? You, you'll find out in a minute. How does that even work? <laughs> I'm like, scared now.
0: <laughs> it's, it's where, uh, no, you know what? It's, it's the podcast where I really need to sit down with synopsis writers and teach them the English language.
1: Now I'm just sad.
0: <laughs> so bad. Okay, cool. I'm Mel.
1: And I'm unhappy. You're not unhappy yet. Uh, you no. haven't read it. Uh, that's always what you want to hear, when you say the words, I'm unhappy, and somebody <laughs> goes, you're not unhappy yet. It's like, oh, good, that gives me hope for the future. Uh-huh. Yeah. Right? Terrific.
0: Yeah, that's well. pretty much always a good sign. Right? So, uh, to prove it, <laughs> the episode that we're going to be watching today is episode nine, The Torment of Tantalus.
1: Which on its own, sorry, it's just a great title. It is.
0: It's a it's great a cool title. title. The synopsis, however, Goody. Jackson discovers that in 1945, a young professor slipped through the Stargate never to return. All right, so far, that's a that's a good sentence. Yeah, it's normal. Here's where it gets bad. Together with his still living fiance, the SG-1 team discovers the now aged professor trapped in a decaying fortress.
1: I'm sorry. Did they literally
0: just... <laughs> Who's living fiancé? <laughs> there are two people in that first sentence. You have
1: to say which one it is. <laughs> yeah, that's weird. Like, I guess it's, you know, intended subject of the sentence-wise that, the, you know, the uh, now-aged professor is the with the fiancé, but... but... But the professor is the object, not the subject. Yeah. Jackson you know, is the subject. No, it's not. it's not well written.
0: No, it's very poorly written, which is why I was like, but shade has gone, and also, he's married to her! Yeah, she's she's a not fiancé! She was a
1: fiancé for, like, an hour. I was like, wait, uh, Shade
0: was in this episode? <laughs> she was his fiancé for ten minutes.
1: Yeah, maybe
0: that. <laughs> he walked out of the tent, and they were married. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Together with the young professors. Young fiancé. Not young f- Still living fiancé. Oh, I was like, I'm well, sorry, I'm sorry, what? That was scary.
1: <laughs> no, I was wondering if I'd seen the episode.
0: <laughs> I wasn't looking at the synopsis, and, yeah. So, okay. let's fix this. I'm gonna... We're gonna start this... From the beginning, I'm going to fix the synopsis for us. Okay. Jackson discovers that in 1945, a young professor slipped through the Stargate, never to return. Together with the young professor's still-living fiancé, the SG-1 team discovers the now-aged professor trapped in a decaying fortress. Will they be able to rescue him and escape in time?
1: I mean, the ending of the synopsis isn't bad. It's just the yeah. middle sentence that throws everything out of whack. Although that last sentence... I'm just happy that this one's actually in complete sentences.
0: <laughs> it is. It's just that second sentence they didn't understand the relationship
1: yeah. between subject and object. To be fair, most high schoolers don't. And but that I also have a little bit of problem
0: with the last sentence because it's insinuating a lot of urgency when nothing else in this synopsis yeah. so far has.
1: It sounds kind of like the a only leisurely thing you do trip, do
0: and then it's like is
1: like inferred. decaying time limit. But decaying is a slow process. Yeah, and usually decaying is just like a way to describe ruins. Now in if general. they said like crumbling. Yeah. Maybe? Even then, that's just, that's like your generic descriptor. Collapsing. Collapsing. There you go.
0: Collapsing. That... <laughs> I'm not rereading this synopsis again, but... See, that insinuates ruins that are in the process of being mm-hmm. dangerous. Suffice to say, um, I really want to track down who wrote this synopsis and ask them why.
1: <laughs> yeah. I'm just, again, I mean, it's, it's not it good. Did they contract these out to high schoolers? <laughs> Honestly, I'm confused. If you told me they did, I'd believe you. That's, like, my key – I've been – I'm going to edit this, obviously, right? Yeah. So, you know, there's a lot of key phrases that I've, like, tried to – Weed out, so that weed we're not out. saying
0: I'm seven right? times.
1: And, like, hell, between us with the, with the clicking thing that we do, mm-hmm. I've, I've learned a lot of myself. I have learned that I say the phrase, if you told me, I would believe you, far too often. But I don't have anything better, to, like, that fits for that, you know? Yeah. it actually kind of works. It's like that that thing that chick did years ago where she um spread that false uh fact about eating spiders in your sleep. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's one of those things where it sounds real enough that if you were told that, without any factual checking, you'd believe it. So it's, it's a phrase that, for me, really works because it's, I don't need to do any fact-checking. If you told me this thing that sounds pretty believable, I'd believe it.
0: Yeah, I think what happened was the shows <laughs> originally aired on TV, and this was back in the era of those, like, online forums and the thing. There's are still a thing, man. I know, but that was, like, all that you could do to communicate with fans back then. Ask Jeeves
1: and forums. Yeah.
0: Forums. So, these episodes aired, and then the Stargate team went on to those forums and said, Hey, you watched last night's episode, right?
1: Write a synopsis for it. Okay, this is going to sound... This is going to be a terrible sounding question. I need you to not judge me for it. But I know I was young when the internet became, like, widespread. When did search engines... When did this kind of, like, accessible internet stuff really become widespread? Was it in the 90s? Because I was young enough at that point that I don't remember. It just was always kind of a thing. I remember times before I could, quote, ask, you know, Jeeves or whatever, but I don't remember what year that was. God. Um, It was before I left Oregon, so I had to be under 10. I know that much. But in the late 90s, I would have been fairly young still. mm hmm So I don't... don't, mm. I don't know if I'm trustworthy this I don't know. Memory.
0: Like, my young memory of using the computer, I had, like, set sites that I went to. Right,
1: I went to bonus.com to play that skate- that's not skateboarding, uh, snowboarding game. Oh,
0: I love that game. That When it's I finally beat any. that fucker, I
1: was ecstatic. Yeah. Anyway, I, I went on that website,
0: <laughs> I went to Blue Mountain. Yeah, I the know. The real
1: one, not the, yeah, not yeah, the yeah. porn yeah. site. Mm. But, like, I don't know how we knew about them. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I just remember somebody telling me one day about this website called bonus.com. Yeah. Dude, I remember in middle school, somebody coming up to me one day, and my friend Scott went, hey- there's this new website, it's called YouTube, and I went to it and I was like, this is not going to last. <laughs> I remember thinking that. That's phenomenal. But yeah, no, I just don't remember what time, like, you know, what year that widespread internet stuff was. So I'm just wondering, like, if in 97 they were like, yeah, guys, go on the forums and be like, hey, guys, write these shitty synopsis for That's us. That's
0: the only explanation I can find for how bad some of these are. I mean, I'll take it. Like I said, mm. that first, si- that first disc of synopsis were good. And then from that, it should have been like a downward spiral. Oh, yeah. They've all been so bad. But
1: again, I'm just calling this one a slight improvement because this one has complete sense. <laughs> it did, but they mixed up subject and object. Yeah, I have. When it comes to this, I had the mentality of like a tenth grade English teacher, where it's like, hey, they used proper punctuation. This is progress.
0: Whereas me, my my uh, cut is the fact that I was just I wasn't doing that critical reading where you're actually paying attention to what you're reading. Right, you're skimming. Yeah, I was skimming, and in skimming it, I was like.
1: No. Daniel's
0: fiancé? What? Incorrect, (laughs) My brain immediately decided it was talking about Daniel.
1: I mean, I don't blame you. It's it's not, if it was skimming point. It's incorrectly. Your your mind does latch onto the object versus the Mm -hmm. subject. I like how we sound like we're literary uh, professors here. When in reality, we just give a shit.
0: Hey, listen, I took two AP classes. It major. It means, major. I've, it means <laughs> I've never
1: had to take English in college. <laughs> like how much we bitch about these synopses every time. <laughs> They're so bad, though. No, I, I'm not judging us for doing it. I'm just pointing out that it's funny.
0: We could have, like, used the ones on wiki, because those are actually coherent, yeah, or uh, IMDB.
1: I like the uh, fandom ones, actually. The ones on the wikia, written by fans. Aren't those usually fans?
0: longer, though?
1: Not really. No, I, you forget... This one's, like, the hardcore fans, and it's been around for so long that other fans have, like, edited. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, their, um, their information, every single one of the facts that I've ever mentioned on here, on the is show. From there. Has been, I've snoped it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I didn't actually go with snopes, because snopes yeah. is, like, you know, for important things. <laughs> like, this is important to us, but it's not important to life. Mm-hmm. Um, and I fact-checked them, in the sense that there's multiple sources that say the same thing. This is, like, and some of them even have, like, okay, we got this from a con video, mm-hmm. or so on, or at the convention ourselves, you know. So all the facts are like actual fact facts as much as possible. If somebody got my case about it, I'd be like, Bitch, I went to five different places. They all said the same thing. How is I supposed to know? Like, I can't just interview these actors whenever I want to make yeah. sure. So those things are really on point. The uh, synopses, like the, the full length one, honestly, some of them are not bad. But the little top blurb, concise to the point, sums it all up perfectly. Oh, Kitty's coming up. I feel
0: like at this point, we've we've made a brand for ourselves, and it's reading bad synopsis. <laughs>
1: that could be our next podcast. Like, years from now, just be, like, submitting us, like, shitty, and, like, read them as dramatically as possible. A dramatic reading of. No, I'll try. do not walk
0: on my computer. But it just makes me think of um, when I was in a club, and one of the days that we were meeting the person in charge, who was actually a friend of mine at the time, uh, still is. <laughs> I don't know why I said that at the time. I mean, I don't know not um, know. But uh, she came up with this project where she wrote her own synopses for various well-known series. Nice, that's pretty cool. And made them either sound really good or really bad and, like, asked, would you um, sell this? You know, if you were on the editor production side, would you sign off on this? And wh- I remember, the one I distinctly remember everyone saying no to, <laughs> she revealed... Was the Bible?
1: I really need to meet this friend of yours. <laughs> She's so great. I really need to meet this person.
0: <laughs> she just, she just made a point of the fact that synopses are that important. Like they can to be really fair, make. They are. Like they can make a horrible book sound really intriguing, and they can make something that's in every frickin' hotel in the country
1: sound. Like utter garbage. I mean, a synopsis actually really are important. It's Like, um, whenever I rewatch like any of the Star Trek shows, uh, I have this rule for DS Nine on Netflix. Yeah, I'm not allowed to read the synopses because if I just go off the synopsis, I will skip like entire seasons of DS Nine. I've done it. I'm like, but then I did an experiment once where I went back to the beginning. I went to my first like few favorite episodes, and then right around the time where I start paying attention to the synopsis, I just said play, cover my eyes, press play. Because again, I've seen the show. I love this show. I shouldn't be thinking, oh, this is crap. This is crap. This is crap. And all the episodes were. Way tons, all, magnitudes better than the synopsis made them sound, and it's because they tried to cram an entire story into like one sentence, oh God, basically yeah. per episode. Which I get, you kind of yeah, like, yeah, yeah, I get that, but
0: synopses, synopses. I think it's synopses. Yeah, it just I doesn't don't sound right. <laughs> well, what's funny about you saying that is that's pretty much been my experience for watching season one of Stargate. Because like getting into it, I was like, yeah, we just kind of have to get through season one. And so far, there's only been two episodes I have not enjoyed. See? Two. Out of, we're on episode nine now. And I was just looking on here, um, season one doesn't have a lot of special features. Mm-hmm. Uh, the disc we just finished has a special feature called Cast and Crew Featurette. Ooh!
1: We should watch that later. We should. Yeah, I'm down. But yeah, this synopsis was, uh, less than desirable. Try. Right. you're gonna lose your watching privileges if you keep rubbing your face <laughs> on everything. That's her job as a cat. I mean, you've seen her rub- her face on my tablet. She aggressively face <laughs> smashes it. Like, you hear her teeth clicking against so it. She yeah. is like... Anyway,
0: yeah. So yeah, um, we're going to go ahead and go watch episode nine. We might see, like, we'll see if, like, Cass and try. It might be, like, five minute kind of. Yeah, if it's,
1: if it's short, we'll watch we that, might, We might we swing
0: back. that first, especially since it's already in the disc player. Uh, we're definitely going to go watch the Tournament panelists, and we'll be back. <laughs> cool.
1: All right, so we're back, and <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm just glad you I'm just glad you caught it. So yeah, uh, Mel caught that. This <laughs> stupid recording software uh, once again went to the wrong fucking mic. I don't even understand. I just thankfully it was just the first. Ten minutes or so. That's why I was like, "It's fine. It's fine." <sighs> I know it's it's not that bad. Yeah, we have done the disclaimer. We we pointed out that there's an audio. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. So we're back.
0: Yeah. Um, uh, we did watch the little uh featurette, the casting crew featurette, cute little thing. Yeah, I was right. It was only like five, six minutes or something. I mean, featurette. Yeah. <laughs>
1: That's why the little et is yeah, there.
0: It was cute. Yeah, it was nice. I liked it. We saw how wobbly the uh, stabs were when you wave them. Yeah, around. Richard
1: Dean Anderson wiggle in in front of the camera. I was like, Jesus, that was some elastic rubber.
0: <laughs> and we saw Michael Shanks flinch away from the staff right thrown to jack
1: and the well, pilot and it looks like it wasn't like a blooper or anything so I, I later i'm gonna rewatch one of these days and be like i want to see if, his if flinch he's is actually, actually
0: flinching yeah. which to be fair would still be in character because yeah. he's like he was probably distracted and then suddenly turns around and there's this staff flying at
1: his face i mean i would else? be flinching you are the only person I don't flinch around, just because I'm so used to your hand getting so close to my face. <laughs> but it's like, I reckon I've been together for seven years, and I still, go like, every now and then flinch out of the way, like, when I'm not sure if it's, you know if he knows I'm there or not. Mm-hmm. He has a right to flinch around me, though, because I don't pay attention to yeah. my hand. And even though he's behind me, and I can't see him, and he can see me, he seems to think I should know he's not, that he's there. So when I hit him in the face, it's my fault. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> it's like, I'm gesturing, you can see the gesturing. Don't lock into my hand, but whatever. Anyway. (laughs) So, uh,
0: so after we watched the featurette... Oh, which we found out one great little bit of information from that, that, um... I tapping's a dork. Well, yeah, that. That was great. But also, oh, that. Uh, the fact that Michael Shanks likes to boop his co-stars on the nose. He was just poking her. (laughs) (laughs) Not just her. Like, he, like, fed, uh, Christopher Judge something. She walked
1: away, so he transferred his annoyance. it
0: looked like he, like, gave Christopher Judge gum or something like he did like you saw Christopher judge's mouth open i was like what are you doing michael <laughs> i do have questions <laughs> but what i really loved was um finding out that donna stavis was the um photo double photo double for richard dean anderson's boss from macgyver and that was which... playing his actual boss which is
1: great because they do look alike yeah i never really thought of that I, I, my macgyver watching was pretty limited oh i watched macgyver yeah. all the i just time. i didn't watch as much my mom didn't like it she didn't like him, but it's so cool. I know. So I, I, I watched a lot of old TV. Like you, I've talked about you know Get yeah, Smart, yeah. Uh, Andy Griffith's show, all that old shit. I like all the old but, shows
0: you watched. I didn't watch. Yeah, and all, and the all the old, old shows, shows I watched,
1: you didn't watch. Hey, we balance. <laughs> so each we other. cover it. We complete each other. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, <laughs> it's funny. I never really watched a lot of it. So I, I remember the boss, and then you say, "Oh yeah, they do look familiar." That's when I kind of stopped and thought about but it. It's basically, it a little stockier looking than Donna yeah. Davis. I love small Hollywood world stuff. Oh, they were really pushing Richard Dean Anderson being on the show, though. Right? Oh, my God. Follow Richard Dean Anderson. Follow Richard Dean Anderson. Richard Dean Anderson leads the way. It's like, okay, this is like a five-minute featurette. Right? and You've already managed to mention that he's been charged here eight times. Yeah. I get it. You do it. You do you, man. You do what you gotta do. But it's a little funny. It was It was funny. It was, it was just hilarious. like, chill. <laughs> All right. But
0: then we changed out the DVDs. Yeah. And put on Torment of Tantalus. Uh, It was written by Robert C. Cooper. He's back. And then directed by Jonathan
1: Glasner. That explains a lot of things. Like the fact that like, we'll get into it, obviously as a recapping, but some concepts they introduced Mm -hmm. before episodes they came into play for. Good writers can do that well. Mm -hmm. And you can Mm -hmm. tell that even if he doesn't write those later episodes that we're thinking about, he had the forethought to introduce these concepts remember he we, did write the one where we finally um get the ancients well that explains that some of that stuff but I just I, this episode introduces a lot of basic concepts some of which are like you can tell are going to be a plot oh, point oh yeah and some of which you don't know until you see later episodes but it's like holy shit they introduced that yeah That's like one thing I always loved about um, Star Trek Voyager don't remember what season it is it's in there somewhere sure um Balana Balana Torres you know the uh engineer for the ship she's, Klingon. Oh, she's, she's the half Klingon Roxanne
0: uh, uh I have seen wow, her name gen? I can't remember it all and then I have I have seen some of the movies for first the first one. Gotcha.
1: Well, it's okay. I can't remember her name anyway. Well, wow, I'm ashamed of myself because I fucking... I was I had such a crush on her, and now her name has completely escaped me. She anyway, did. she was a half on, you know, so on and so forth. There's a storyline with her and this uh, Vulcan crew member who they did not introduce him in that episode. This is around the time I actually got into trivia as a thing. Mm-hmm. Cause I remember reading up on all these episodes. Four episodes prior, they introduced the, his character, specifically because he was going to be a, a more intricate character in that episode with her nice. and they didn't want him to just be this random guy they wanted him to actually have some background mm-hmm. so i love it when shows have that forethought yeah it's or always foresight. great when they think ahead. It, that foresight is really all i need in life is because i understand how tv shows work i understand that you are tons of times you're gonna have a premise or a concept or a character that gets introduced in that episode but when they don't when they actually give time in advance it just makes it feel that much more fleshed out. It makes uh-huh. it feel that much more real. I mean, my suspension disbelief is already pretty great. But it just helps. And I, I enjoy it when you can tell something's well thought out. You just you know you're going to like it more. You know you're, you know, you know it's going to be better in quality in general. Mm-hmm. So when they introduce all these little things, and then some big things in episode 9 of this show, yeah. I just, I really appreciate that. It shows the intelligence behind it. Yeah, I like that kind of shit. Okay, let's go ahead and get into this episode. <laughs> it actually
0: opens, and... They don't, like, have any, like, this year or this place. You just see people working on the Stargate and they appear to be turning it by hand. What I love about this scene is that they
1: don't explicitly, with words, tell you anything about the setting. No. No. They have like the you know your your average sepia kind of filter. It, it's a, it, there's a slight tinge. It's slightly washed it's, out, it, like old photographs that but always denote. Subtle. A long in this time ago. First one. Yeah, no, there's it's, a little bit obvious
0: heavy. about it later on when yeah. it's obvious you are doing flashbacks. But what I love is that like you can tell that it's old because of the yep. fact that they're turning the gate by hand and the old saxophone music. The old saxophone music. The old. Uh, uniforms these people are wearing the really freaking old video camera they're using to record their progress like they don't say explicitly in words anything to explain no. like how old this is which I love but they show it
1: yeah and it's really good it screams 30s 40s 50s. 50s is the latest kind of feel <laughs> which is when it was exactly it's perfect it just did not expose your ear off the yeah bit. it or, didn't do no, no, no shitty expose like sometimes they like, sometimes they're really bad in shows about that like like will have like a radio play in the background like, yeah since the 1942 <laughs> whatever whatever this is our setting we're watching this and then suddenly they pull back and you're watching it on an old Video
0: and it's Daniel watching the scene That's that a- we were just watching on an old
1: video. And It's well directed, like how they put yeah it the out. way they pull out is yeah. really
0: freaking well. It's Glastner. I
1: mean, yeah, he did a great job. He does a great mm-hmm. job. I don't know if he's still directing. I'm assuming he's still directing. I don't think I. I think I would have heard somewhere through the through the geek grapevine that he'd retired. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, so uh, Daniel's watching old videos of um, work on the gate. With that face he always has when he's completely entranced. Just, uh. (laughs) He's a freaking nerd. I can appreciate it. Oh. I
0: I used to go to the library because I could walk there, technically.
1: <laughs> I would always go to the, the reference sections. As soon as I discovered uh, microfiche, the fact that people still use them in the modern era, oh, that yeah. was fascinating to me. But as soon as I discovered that, I didn't even care what the hell I was reading. It was just, like, it was just so much fun picking up these old things and uh-huh. zooming them in and just looking at shit in this old school style. But again, wasn't looking for anything specific. Just yeah. wanted to play with this old timey toy stuff. So, But the same way, if I find these old videos, I can watch this shit now. Uh-huh. Especially because he's ditching P.E. to do it. Yeah, I like how yeah, uh, O'Neill comes in like, aren't we supposed to be getting our physical assessment right now? He's like, oh, yeah, uh-huh. It's <laughs> making these vague little, I'm just gonna finish this. <laughs> Trails off. And then go home and without I, anyone then, catching oh, me. No. <laughs> how sad that I missed it. Daniel does
0: a lot of avoiding responsibility in this episode and it's great because he just just gets away
1: with it. It's amazing. Honestly, the, I've only ever seen one Stargate-themed version of that that's better, in my opinion. And you'll, you'll I think you'll agree in years uh-huh. from now when we see it. So Stargate Universe did this really cool thing where they also had webisodes. Yeah. Um, Accompanied. Oh, I remember hearing yeah. about and that. And they were called, uh, they, uh, they have these, the ship has these little balls, these little floating balls that are like little cameras. Yeah. Eli calls them uh, Kino's. After the yeah. And so they're flying around. And so um, they would have recordings on their website that were from the actual perspective and everything. That's awesome. And one of them was uh, it's Eli and a bunch of all the, basically all the scientists. Mm-hmm. And they're all on this table somewhere on the ship. And they're watching on Eli's phone an episode of South Park. <laughs> and then Matt, the young military type, he runs in and he's like, guys, come on, we're supposed to be in laps. Come on, let's go, let's go, let's go. And they're like, yeah, yeah, so we'll be right behind. He's like, okay, cool. So we've got like four more to go. And he runs off. And then they wait till he's gone. And they go back to his phone. and He presses play again. In the scene that they were just watching plays again, they all start laughing their ass off. And you like, I told you, it's classic. Oh <laughs> but they're god. avoiding doing laughs by watching South Park on his phone.
0: Oh my god! And it's like, and nerds are great. I,
1: I love, it. especially when they manage to fool the dumb jocks. <laughs> it's great because Matt isn't dumb. He's just like Colonel Young. You know, he said we have to do this. You know, this is required. So, come you on, know, guys, we're gonna go. And he just trusts them, like the naive idiot that he is. Whereas <laughs> Jack knows
0: better. <laughs> He's like Daniel.
1: <laughs> Like I'm gonna come get you myself.
0: <laughs> That's I do love that Jack knows that if he's gonna get Daniel to do anything, he has to come do it himself. Mm-hmm. But um, I love that uh, Daniel's like, oh no, I got all these old. Daniel calls it the Pentagon declassified that these me off. files. That annoys me. But Daniel doesn't know Jack shit about the military because. 20 minutes later, Hammond explicitly says that these files I are classified, classified yeah. which is hilarious, and we'll get into why yeah. later.
1: But but I, so, it to, what had it to had, had
0: to be is someone who worked in like the archives, like, stumbled across them while they were cleaning or something and went, hey, this has been reopened. We but, should probably send them this. They might want it. Right? No, I, I, like, or just, like, get it out of just, their archives. No, like, that, this, I have tripped
1: over this box every week for years. Probably that Get one. Get this out of here. Yep. Now, that makes way more sense than uh, declassified. Because, like, I, I, you, you heard my little rant at, rant at the time. I was like, wait, 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 wait. They wait. wouldn't do that for act You wouldn't projects. declassify that. Because as soon as it's declassified, then the Freedom of Information Act can be used to gain access to it. Which means all it takes is one enterprising young reporter to go, hey, look at this weird thing. Hmm, it's declassified Freedom of Information Act. Gimme. Reads it, watches this, and goes, what the yeah it just i was i sat there and i paused the episode you did. i went okay no no that's not how you we it. three minutes in and you paused it like hang on i managed to cut myself off as soon as you said your thing i was like okay cool well fine that's that because sense, i'm very good
0: at the uh devil's advocate you're very good uh, you're like hang on i'm like daniel doesn't know jack shit about the
1: military okay you're very good at talking <laughs> me down you're gonna be on hand at my wedding someday God. <laughs> like okay remember you asked him. <laughs> but yeah, I you talked me down. I, I me mean, got over it. But there that line go. did bug me. Yeah.
0: So um, I do love that Daniel's like, yeah, they I can't believe they lost these for so long. And Jack has the great line about the Pentagon has lost entire countries. <laughs> I know. It's pretty cute that Daniel's like, Surprise! And there's like no notes within these. But then Black stuff. Ops curls like, yeah the Pentagon's lost entire countries. It's like
1: the Pentagon's lost shit on purpose. Yeah,
0: I'm pretty sure that's what he meant.
1: <laughs> like I know MK Ultra was CIA, and I'm not entirely sure how much how strong the link is between CIA and Pentagon. But I feel like those MK Ultra files were probably somewhere around the Pentagon oh, when they yeah, were destroyed. Certainly, at some high top secret repository of knowledge type thing. So yeah, they've definitely <laughs> lost information. On purpose, (laughs) or on purpose or otherwise, but yeah. So uh,
0: Jack's basically doing a whole thing where he's like, "Okay, well, you're done. Come on, we have a whole bunch of physicals to do. Come on." And he starts to walk away again, and then Daniel's still staring at the TV, and suddenly goes, "Jack!" (laughs) And then Jack turns around, and they all watch, (laughs) and they all watch as the gate engages, finds a location. And someone who's wearing frickin' old-timey scuba gear with the I huge I like how they thought the puddle was actually helmet. water. Well, I figured that they, they were like, well, we can't get a whole... Wait, when, when was the first space exploration?
1: Like, in real life? Yeah. Uh, Gemini missions. So, no, that's before that. Mercury. The Mercury program. It was the 50s. Late 50s. We were mm-hmm. launching the V-2 rockets at 51. Which was basically our first step. There you go. We didn't start doing shit until 46. Yeah, yeah. It's, so, well, here's the thing. Did it happen before or after this? Because- This was if, set in the 40s, right? This, they said World War- They're talking about I, the World War. Well, I think they- Roosevelt oh, In the 45. Yeah, 45. 45. The so war. yeah, so
0: this was all they had. Yeah. This was the only way- Well, we don't know if there's going to be any air over there. This is the only- This is the only thing they had to- Check for that kind of thing. They didn't have the appropriate kind of... First of all, they didn't have maps that they could send through and get information back. But if that was just a rocket going
1: up... Right, that was space flight in general.
0: Yeah, that explains why they were wearing scuba scuba gear. Because they didn't have anything else that compared... Yep. But it's just those really old-fashioned
1: giant metal helmets and the canvas suit.
0: But it's like, how did that protect anyone?
1: Yeah, so they sent somebody with a scuba suit through a wormhole. That didn't pan out, so then they started doing space flight. Sure! Well, they didn't know where it went.
0: They were literally just freaking randomly dialing. They didn't know what they were doing. Because they didn't have any smart women on the team. Yeah, you notice the the entire team that was working on that first uh, attempt? All men. Don't even get me started. But then while they're watching it, a uh, man in Scooby Gear walks through the gate, and then suddenly the gate shuts off. Yeah. And the the
1: hose line is severed. I like and, the hose line. And they're like, oh, well, he must be dead. <laughs> I mean, Granted, I kind of see why they think that, but at the same time, they saw, like, for example, those hose lines were going through. Like, they were getting pulled yeah. along. So, like, a certain amount of distance was achieved, and then they were sliced. So, like, there's going to be, like, well, he's instantly dead. Granted, it could be because they didn't know it was oxygen mm-hmm. or anything. That part I get. It's just the fact that there's some distance there. There obviously was depth on the other side.
0: The only thing I can think is that. Because even then, it's like, well, why didn't
1: you try dialing through again? Yeah, I like how they mentioned that earlier. The uh, only thing I can think
0: is that, like, because, you know, there's the whole thing with the stellar drift and everything. Maybe. Like at first you're like oh well the gate cut out because they didn't have enough power to maintain it. I think it cut out
1: because maybe that was through. the ex-
0: well I was gonna well no because it it stays even when someone goes through it doesn't immediately cut <sighs> That's off. That's the thing.
1: Speaking of forums, way back when I remember getting into this with somebody mm-hmm. and I was ironically one of the few things I'm more forgiving about is through all three shows through. Hell, just pick one show. It is extremely inconsistent when the gate shuts off. Like you can, mm-hmm. it can be held open for thirty eight minutes. Yeah. We know that, but like, for example, like it registers when something goes through, and, it, and they do specify at some point that the re- gate registers when an object goes through and has to fully go through. There's actually an episode of Atlantis. Well, I would that argue covers that that
0: it would also register that it's since it hasn't cut off. Yeah, it's which is why I'm wondering mm. if it wasn't a lack of power suddenly or whatever, it was in that. And I know huge freaking circumstance here, but maybe in that exact moment... The stellar drift pulled
1: just far enough away that it didn't work anymore. The stellar drift part, I don't believe. I don't agree with because that's not how that works. Unfortunately, it's it's too fast. It's much too. Well, that's because that's why I'm saying that like it could have been like right on the edge. I think the original th- thing you said that power makes more sense.
0: But then why wouldn't they try and come back? Why wouldn't they try and dial back through? That's my well problem. because
1: it's really not unheard of for in this universe that where they've completely disregarded non man tests, yeah. straight to man test. It's extremely not unheard of for. That a failure resulting in death, for them to abandon the project. Well, and you know what? Okay, going back... Especially since he was a, vil- a civilian. Yeah, and he
0: volunteered, and you could be like, well, nobody else is volunteering. And also, when you think back to um, the Stargate movie, how they were going through with the thought that this was a suicide mission. Yeah. So,
1: okay. Yeah. I'll accept them the, just throwing away yeah, human no, and no, life the, the without still trying to get still them still back. the stellar Drift part, because the thing about wormhole physics, and this is... For anybody listening, I'm not, I'm not going to say I'm like a fucking physicist, <laughs> but I definitely know a shit ton about, about wormhole physics. They are extremely elastic. So the stellar drift, I don't think it would have caused the problem I, in that aspect. Yeah. It could have destabilized it temporarily, but that is something that wormhole can handle the gates can handle so i it, it, hell even see this episode they're just unless it couldn't then, handle yeah. it
0: because it didn't have enough oh, power there's a lot
1: of very maybe it all could the have so that's what that's what it is is that the, the, the drift i don't think it contributed like at all but the power definitely could have.
0: oh yeah so. definitely well that's what i assumed that that's why yeah. it cut off yeah. so suddenly and this is
1: also episode nine of the show so they, they don't hadn't have really all their est- rules right and they had not really established yet that the uh, stargate understands when something's going through whether it's complete or not because it won't shut down in, well, uh, it's literally 38 minutes only in this episode in that they right. learn that it's not the gold. Exactly. Hell, they don't even know for sure. They just—they just like so. It could say that they haven't, even though we all know.
0: <laughs> well, they—they they more or less say that this right. is the right. only right. possible right. explanation. Okay, so the the gate cuts off. You see, you see the, the severed air hose, and the guy's lost. And Jack Dan just kind of exchange looks like, well, shit. <laughs> And then the next thing you see, um,
1: Daniel's gone to visit Catherine. <laughs> I like to point out the trivia also mentions this, too. Between uh, the movie and this point, so it's been like a year, six months, right? A year and a six half. Six months. Six no. months since the show started, but a year since he was, because he was on Aptos for a year. Yeah, so a year and six months. Yeah, a year and a half. She has completely lost her accent. <laughs> She's in mourning. Yeah. They're- <laughs> sure. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> when in mourning, <laughs> adopt a new accent. <laughs> Well,
0: you know, some people cut their hair, change their clothes. <laughs> I'll take it. Uh, but, yeah, so he gets to visit her, um, and nobody told her that he came back. God, the, which is the, 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 wild, the... because they had to reclassify him as alive. Because uh-huh. he was registered dead. dead. Yeah. They had to change him to living, which I love how often they have to do that for Daniel first off. Right. But they had to change him to living, and still... Didn't have the fucking consideration to tell this woman. The person who brought him onto the project, the person in the who ran first the project, place, the person who
1: ran the project,
0: and who brought mm. him specifically onto the project, mm-hmm. didn't give a shit enough to tell her. That's the theme of this episode is people not telling Catherine. But things. I do love that she calls him out on also not coming oh, yeah. to see her, because, like, no one. Well, actually, no, he says that they said he couldn't.
1: Who gives a shit? He, he yeah, brought back exactly, a a lockbox yes. full of classified materials to show her. <laughs> no, no, he no. doesn't give a shit about the rules. Okay. So, um, I love that, um. He undermined his own argument. I do love that we cut back to the mountain at this point and you
0: find out that Hammond's looking for, for Daniel. Yeah, he's supposed, he's be supposed to be SG4. briefing SG4. And Jack's just looking through all the old Pentagon files and going, hmm, haven't seen him. <laughs> it's like, yes, you have. <laughs> We just love that Daniel keeps ditching
1: responsibility and doesn't get in trouble for it at all. In, in a way, they're just Jack, because you can see him just nonchalantly yes. going through these files. Like, what? No, nothing. I didn't lose him. What? He didn't
0: even look at Hammond when Hammond came in. He's like, no, haven't seen him. <laughs> no, no, I don't know. Rand. I'm. I'm just
1: really safe just And really you see things Hammond getting
0: kind of frustrated with them before he Especially walks since out he's again. he's
1: looking at Jack reading materials that, you know Jack doesn't like to read that no. shit for fun, so he's like, you're definitely up to something. Yeah. <laughs> But then I love that um, it goes back and Catherine's chewing
0: Daniel out for not telling her uh, about being back and being back on the project and everything. And he tries to be like, "Oh well, they said I can't." Blah 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 blah. And she's like, "What? So you're military now?" And he gets
1: the most offended look. He's so <laughs> offed- I'd be offended. I mean, I'm not like my parents and like super anti-military, but even I'd be a little offended if he called me that. He, I'd be like, screw you. He looked so mad.
0: It was so funny. But this is when you find out that it's been six months since he, um, since the project went back, since he came back. So it's been six months in
1: ten episodes. What I no, love- Nine it, episodes. Yeah, what I love is that, um, the, uh, trivia actually points out that this place- Therefore places this episode in August, as Children of the Gods took place in February. Nice! Someone did the work on that. That's amazing. <laughs> I love that. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and, uh, then, while he's telling her about um oh, he's telling her that he found like old files on the right. like, oh, he's chewing her out now for not for, mentioning for not the mentioning that they already did old experiments, and they do another really good transition where she looks off to the side of her um, room, mm-hmm. and the camera follows her eye, and as it pans, it, it goes to the flashback yeah. where she's, like, massaging her fiancé's shoulders well, while he's talking. He's, uh, they're both laying down, yes, and she's cut, cuddling she, stuff. She's doing, like, that, like, light, like, barely massaging yeah. shoulders kind of thing, but they're, like, talking
1: about powering up the gate, which. And- I thought I had a I had a thought about that it was um we both were kind of wondering I kind of, I kind of dismissed it at the same time as I was kind of like why do they even how do they even think about the question of how do they even think to run power through the gate which then we you know like they did test conductivity on it, so they probably noticed it was made out of conductive materials yeah. so I guess that makes sense yeah but it's still interesting that they went with conductive materials lots of things are made out of conductive materials doesn't mean you run power through
0: it is. well I mean there's clearly <laughs> a lot of writing on it and it has got like those moving wheels doesn't yeah. move yet yeah. yeah. it, it's not.
1: Outside the realm of, of thought, it just it does amuse me that yeah
0: no absolutely. Well, I- you know that like because she was like what ten when they first found the gate. Oh yeah, she was, and now kid, yeah. she's twenty one. So they've had that gate and they've been working on it for like a decade already. Oh, yeah,
1: but I just um I do love like as they're talking about she's mentioning what like why they were doing experiments is talking about, you know, they were, she mentioned Roosevelt. You know They were looking for things during the war, which, yeah. that makes sense, the war effort, they were always looking mm-hmm. for, you know, potential weapons, potential anything. And just like how she goes, he mentions that President Franklin D. Roosevelt was like, uh, quote, like that, curious. And I actually didn't notice My Wikipedia did afterwards. Um, Apparently Re- Roosevelt was kinda known for his uh penchant for treasure hunting. <laughs> That's great. he was a treasure hunter. So it was so really, actually curious. Works really well yeah. for that. He liked exploring and seeing learning new things like that. So I love that they actually took that effort to be like, yeah, he'd be the president to be doing this Honestly, under America history American history tends to have a bit of a love affair with Roosevelt. Makes sense. Yeah. You know. No, it's fair. Roosevelt's both of them. We, we, yeah, we kinda I, love the Roosevelt's in general. Yeah. But I just I found it fun that they add that little mm-hmm. bit that little No, line. it's excellent. And she's talking about that. But yeah, then they do the flashback in. And- yeah, so they're in the
0: flashback and uh they're talking about like, oh, he's like, "Oh, we got it to turn on for a minute, but then not even a minute, like for a second, but then it like shut off again. And it's all
1: shaky. It yeah, shaky. shaky. And then
0: she's like, Well, did you try a direct current? And he's like, Oh no, alternating. She's like, You tried direct current because blah 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 blah. But I love that like right before she makes that suggestion, he kind of laughed off her, like trying Ugh. to contribute. And then the moment she makes that, he's like, Oh, and you could see in his face, like, this is Paul McGillen. Paul McGillan, By the way, I love this. Is, this is her young fiance, Paul McGillan. And you can see the moment she makes that comment about direct current, try that, you can see that he kinda goes, Oh, I shouldn't have laughed at you.
1: <laughs> like he doesn't say it, but it's in his face in that moment. It's safe to assume that he back the relationship started because he wanted a woman who was intelligent. Uh-huh. It's safe to assume that they have lots of conversations like this. Mm-hmm. And it's safe to assume that this isn't the first time she's had a good idea. Yeah. And I love how despite all this evidence he consistently yeah. does not treat her as an equal or respect with the respect she deserves. Like, her father's one thing. Yeah. Parents in general don't t- tend to treat their children with respect. This guy's just, and he's obviously kind of classified in this episode with this brief glimpse is that he's kind of like men of his generation at that yeah. point. Where it's, oh, he definitely it's is. It's not excusable, but he definitely does not treat her like a person. Oh boy, oh boy, the 40s. <laughs> Yay. Um, But it's one thing when, you're, when your stereotype of a father treats you like that. Yeah. But when your boyfriend, fiancé... Who clearly has to be aware of your intellect, both acknowledges it and then completely disregards it at whim. Frustrating. Ugh, the fact that she like probably put up with him just because of like, well, this is the best she was going to Oh God, get. yeah. And the way that she, was, you saw how graceful she was in the oh, flashbacks. Yes. So uh-huh. She just puts up with that shit in a way that I can. Well, when you when we see the father that raised her, know, she had to be graceful to put, put up with yes. that shit. I, honestly, it's kind of how I imagine my grandmother must have been at that time because she is. Uh, firecracker mm-hmm. scary little firecracker you, you don't know she's a firecracker until you say something that pisses her off and it's like oh shit grandma nice. uh my mother of course I, I mentioned her a few times yeah um she well, all of her problems i actually very much love how she gets when people disrespect mm-hmm. her and i like think i get that from her not just because i'm a woman but just because like fuck that don't disrespect me i'm yeah. a person mm-hmm. you know you can call me and you can say i'm wrong you don't need to be a dick about yeah. it i don't have that grace though mm-hmm. and my mother doesn't have that grace my grandmother has that kind of grace So I can see, and same kind of age. That's an era. Yeah, it's an era thing. It's like kudos to women in that era where freedom was within grasp. Like they had the vote finally. But it was still, the, you could see that long-ass road. Hell, the road's so long now. Oh, yeah. But we have more, so much more of a handful of freedom, I you know, yeah, yeah. guess, that we're able, we're, we don't have that grace anymore. No. Because now we're just like, fuck you guys. Yeah. Seriously. We've been bashing you over the head with this for years. Well, the thing
0: is, there's also something to be said for the era and the fact that I don't think most of the time if we use that kind of grace, it would
1: come across anymore. Oh. Exactly. We would just get spoken over. The time is gr- is graceless yeah. now, too. But I just really appreciated sh- seeing these different ways of doing things, and the fact that she was so intelligent, and the fact that she wasn't as she was okay with being disregarded, but she just handled it. Mm-hmm. And those flashbacks, as short as they are, really framed it. Yeah. And it's just greater proof that this episode's just really good.
0: But yeah, and then we come back to the present, and Daniel is showing her the tape that he was watching in the mountain. And I love this. Because he literally just at first we're like he just took a classified video out of the mountain.
1: I know, nobody like, but he stopped him. Probably wasn't that nose. So and probably. then we noticed
0: when the camera panned back a little bit.
1: No, he had the entire lockbox yeah. of classified information. Yeah. Well, because he's talking about this stuff with her, and then when they come back to the present, mm-hmm. he mentions, "Oh, well, I shouldn't have even showed you this." And then he pulls out the tape from the lockbox. So it's like, "Oh my god, dude!" <laughs> he just he
0: brought her the. It's like, how did? These guards just. I think like, there's some Okay, used to him. Bye,
1: Daniel. These are the same guards who, you know, I bet somewhere in that complex is that guard he stole that newspaper from. Yes, oh he did. so. Can I borrow
0: this?
1: I hope so. so. I mean, like, I he comes we- back from
0: Abydos six uh you know, after a year. And then six and then, like, months of this crap. No, no, I'm just imagining, like, after Jack fetches him back from Abydos after a year, and, like, like they have to read populate sgc and that guy comes back and then daniel just like one day on his way to like the the cafeteria or whatever just runs into him and goes oh oh hey <laughs> and the guy probably has a newspaper with him and kind of goes mm, no and like i can <laughs> it
1: to his <laughs> chest the same thought just like, yes. like he's like oh hey i remember you oh hi dr jackson <laughs> as he curls in on his newspaper this is mine no, you cannot borrow. <laughs> I just
0: love that apparently the guards just let him walk out of the. Honestly, they're
1: probably just so done a with him. lockbox. They're probably just so a done with him. Lockbox. Hell, if they said anything, he probably sneezes on them. I was gonna say if they say if they try to be like, now
0: Dr. Jackson, should you have that out? He's like, oh, it's just got files about blah blah blah, and just like talks and talks and talks about nothing until they're like, I. I don't remember my own name.
1: Go, go. <laughs> and every an enterprising young newbie tries and they're all like, I don't do, don't do it, don't do it. And he's like, No, I I need to know. And he's like, Okay, okay. Half an, an hour you. later. And then sneezes <laughs> on him. He's like, Never mind, we're good. And everyone's like, We told you. And now you're infected. <laughs> Daniel just gets to do whatever the hell he yep. wants in this mountain. Yep. It's, it's like, phenomenal. I just like my next note here's about um how they go to that leaf about being destinations. Oh yeah, if that's yeah. the next flashback. That's wait. yeah. That's the next just, <laughs> flashback.
0: Um, but yeah, so the lockbox. But we find out that um, that the man who went
1: through was Catherine's fiance. Because of course it was. Yeah, because when the world's this small, apparently it gets even smaller. I mean, it's not like it's. I mean, hell, uh, Disney passed his company mm. not to his children because it was daughters and women can't handle anything. No. Um, it was to his daughter's husband oh, that he passed the reins of his company to. Because you know, not even gonna get into that. But it's really not unheard of for. Uh-huh. Um, Some people will just get with the daughters just so they can get into that position of power. And some, like, um, right now with the the presidency, uh, uh, Ivanka's husband. oh, Completely um, unqualified. He probably wouldn't have gone into politics on his own. Ken Light. (laughs) I was going to say Jared Kushner, but yeah. That's his name now. Anyway, um, you know, it's, like, completely unqualified for the positions he has in the... In yeah. That. But it's, it's that thing where it's, like, You it's mean he's nepotism. not qualified yeah, to nepotism, promote that's what I'm looking for. peace in the Middle East? He's not qualified to speak about it. He's not qualified to talk about it in a diner. Um, my whole thing is, it's definitely not unheard of. So, like, part of me is just, like, well, that's a small world. And the other part of me is just, like, she could have dated him because of... He could have dated her because of this. Or it could have been that she dated somebody smart who mm-hmm. got roped in because the father saw he like was nepotism. around all the time yeah, yeah, exactly. he was already on the project so,
0: was around all the time yeah. she got to used to seeing yeah. him in the house yeah. because you find out that he's at
1: the house a lot in the next flashback yeah. he's working at the, the house father. a lot yeah. working directly with the father so you have three distinct possibilities there and all three of them make sense yeah. so part of, I do part of me love, wanted to be like come on really but it immediately quashed with the other 99% of me going like dude you know this shit and I do love that in this <laughs> next
0: flashback they're like sitting at a table talking about the and she comes and in, she comes in, to in to with them tea okay well I love love about this because here's the thing the father does point out you know we have maids for that so what i love is the fact the idea that catherine's like well dad won't let me in on this project but if i pretend that i'm serving them tea maybe i'll hear something
1: honestly how shadow powers have been working since the beginning of time. i'm convinced that's why she did it because Uh, he's like we have maids and he's like i know but i just wanted to do it yeah she's like i wanted to do it." it's like you're either extremely down to earth which i will take Or you're also (laughs) sneaking some business. I also just remembered, I just realized, it wasn't just between the movie and now that she lost her accent. She didn't have the accent in the flashback either. No. (laughs) But she has it in the movie. So she gains an American accent. You're right. Then he dies. So she goes back to Swedish. (laughs) I told you. And then Every time someone she cares about dies, she changes accents Uh, again. Why not? It makes as much sense as anything. But yeah, they do that flashback and they're talking about um, all the symbols on the gate. Yeah. And young Paul McGillian the biggest I don't think of this I think they the destinations year. and it's like we're both just like we look at each other that's such a fucking leap and you have no evidence okay, well, his, to go off of his,
0: that his reason for making this assumption is there's so many possible combinations yeah that's what locks are for I, I know so you ever heard of cryptex I mean Jesus <laughs> it's like Daniel coming up with the idea that this is a way to find a location makes sense because he translated the cartouche and also he figured out that those symbols were constellation. Yeah, they didn't know that at all. They had yeah. nothing to the go fact that the on. The inner to think ring moves, it was locations.
1: That's as much evidence as a decoder ring yeah. than anything else. It's like such a fucking leap. It was it it's, was ridiculous. No. It's no. I I would say it's the most egregious part of this episode. The only part of that that kinda I can like <clears throat> it's still a leap. The only part of me that makes it kind of like understandable is this is around obviously this is forty five, right? So this is a um, Peak Einstein Physics and mm-hmm. uh, what else is Einstein known for besides E equals mc squared? Einstein Rosenbridge wormholes.
0: I was about to say, well, maybe they took um, the translation of Stairway to Heaven to mean a location, <laughs> but but in the movie, it's insinuated that the current team are the first people to translate that yeah. cartouche. And it was even wrong; like they didn't with.
1: even try and translate the cartouche mm-hmm. until the nineties. What? Yeah, no. I mean, I get retconning as much as the next person, but this takes way too much. It, it's wild. This does not follow Occam's razor even a little bit. They make so many assumptions. The thing is, they
0: could have been randomly po- you know, dialing those things, not knowing they're going to go to a location, but then you have this freaking thing come up and like maybe they like s- stick a long pole through and nothing comes out the other side and they're like, huh, this looks like it goes somewhere. You don't have to go into it planning to go somewhere. You can go into it being like, oh, let's try and solve this
1: cryptex. And then it's like, oh, hey, this goes somewhere. Let's go through. Fully aware it's years and years later that they write this concept, but there's an episode of Atlantis. Mm. I like how many of my references are to later. We'll that. get there. But, um, they don't know what's on the other side of this gateway kind of thing and they can't see. So they take a camcorder, tape it, duct tape it to a <laughs> stick, shove it through for a couple seconds and pull it back. And before they do it, though, um, um. Uh, Wow, I'm just forgetting okay. all the names today. Thank you. McKay goes, what? Mouth on a stick. And then I look at him, he's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> mouth on a stick. It's funny. <laughs> but it's just like, it's like, they had those old-time, you know, yeah. now, I'm not saying a little bit easy, but now they're sending a person through. So you could have taken your camera, shoved that through for a little bit, then, you know, granted, you know, it doesn't work that way with directional, no. but you could have pulled it back. Actually, that's right. Until the gate has, um, Until the gate has disengaged, and until the object is, like, fully through, you can still pull it back. Okay. Because it's ha- like it's per- it's like a person taking a step and then walking back Makes out. Sense. Of you. You're not stuck once That's you're fair. going through. It's momentum that pulls you through the rest of the way, but it's not necessarily. Anyway, oh, so yeah, they could have pushed it through, pulled it back, but no. They went right to man testing. But yeah, even without that though, such a fucking leap to go immediately yeah. to destinations. It just drives me crazy. Yeah. It's the one part of this episode where I'm like, really? I
0: can't I can't explain my, this. My, it's just him. My being suspension like...
1: and disbelief is killed by that. Yeah. <laughs> It's no longer suspended. It's just disbelief now. <laughs> Maybe he's just always wanted to travel to... Maybe he was a
0: sci-fi nerd, so he's just hoping it does yeah. this. Yeah. I don't know.
1: But yeah, and then the way they're just talking and pretending she's like not even fucking there. And, like Just so goddamn arrogant. They're
0: well, just... you notice they stop talking about the
1: science the moment she enters the room. It's almost as if they know that she'd pick up on stuff. Uh-huh, so uh-huh. They, they treat her like a woman and like a smart person at the same time. It's like, you don't get to have your cake and be sexist to it as no. well, okay? <laughs> but yeah,
0: Um. so then that flashback is over. I love the next scene... Daniel's not content just to smuggle confidential information out of the mountain. Yep. Now he smuggles Catherine into the mountain. At least at How one
1: point she had that clearance. Work? <laughs>
0: he they just p- walks up to the
1: gates with her in his arm, like arm in arm. Just like, hey guys. Honestly, you know, Daniel, what? what? Who the fuck is that? <laughs> Don't worry, she's with me. Here's the thing, honestly, you know, what, you know, what it really could be. I, I could totally see this happening. Is she used to have clearance, right? Like she used to be able to go into there. How much you want to bet they just never actually took away her clearance? So he's like, oh, pull up her file. And it just said appropriate Or they just like flash an expired one. It's like, Oh no, it's fine, she's fine. I mean let me, well, let me look at it. No, she's fine, she's fine. There's there's times where, like people aren't just if 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 there's no reason to, sometimes people like just it got don't disbanded. Get, yeah. Some people just don't officially get declassified. Yeah. Not declassified. Um um I was it decertified. I don't remember the hella the word sure. is. Sure. Declearanced. <laughs> sure, sure. Stripped of clearance. There we go. So, it could have been that. Honestly, that's that's what makes the most sense to me, is like, like an expired badge, something. Yeah. Like, she was on file once, so it's, it's not a stretch. It's just so
0: funny that he just spends this entire episode being like, I don't like that rule, I'm gonna break it.
1: Yep. Has Daniel in a nutcracker. Yeah, I know. In Nutcr- a nutcracker. In <laughs> a nutcracker. In a nut shell. He gets her he in. He smuggles her in. Smuggles in the 80-year-old lady. Yes.
0: Um, They have a conference with Hammond where they're basically like, hey, uh, someone got through in the 40s. And we know where they dialed. We can try and get him back. And Daniel's, like, the first one to present this. And then, like, literally every other member of the team makes some sort of argument for why this should happen. because they all love
1: Catherine. It's because she's there, and they all <sighs> greet her so happily. Yeah. Oh, God, gosh, yeah. No even he's respectful as shit. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. I, I do love the, the moment Jack sees Catherine. He just comes up and hugs her. Oh, no,
1: she's like, Jack! And then Sam comes in, she goes, and I love how she calls up her Samantha. Samantha. And not, like, in a stupid way but and that's just the respectful lady to lady kind of the only time people like i don't like the word lady perspective because that's a little sexist in and of itself but for a lady for a woman like her from that time period with the grace that is a lady Mm -hmm. and she embodies that so she is being a lady speaking to a woman she respects as well yep so samantha like even samantha's dad doesn't call her samantha no (laughs) like sometimes but only when he's pissed So I just, I do love all the argumenters. And then, yeah, he proposes the idea, and of course Hammond's like, no. And they're all like, but. Well, no, no, he doesn't even say no. He's just mad at Daniel for sneaking
0: Catherine in. (laughs) He's just pissed at that first Yeah, he's he's still busy chewing Daniel out. He's on issue number one. (laughs) He's still pissed at Daniel bringing Catherine in, and Daniel's already like, okay, but we need to go blah, 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 blah. And then everyone else comes in with blah, 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 blah. And then at the end of it, he's like. Yeah, I know. I agreed with Daniel from the beginning. We're sending a team through to get him. I was just mad because
1: he ditched his early morning meeting with SG4. <laughs> I had to give the briefing myself. It was miserable. Yeah, no one was happy, okay?
0: <laughs> I just love how often this happens so often in this show where Daniel says he wants something or he thinks that something should exist within SGC or just... Daniel wants something. Daniel wants is like the best, and way he's to ready that. to fight for it. Halfway through his argument, Hammond goes, "Doctor
1: Jackson, I agree with you." <laughs> he's in his head. He's still working at that you know university where no one's paying attention. Uh-huh. Oh God, he's just so used to being disregarded. Also, West. Yeah, well, yeah, but yeah, yep.
0: <laughs> Every single time, has he actually like full on denied Daniel anything yet? Not really. No, <laughs> like. The first two episodes, he was still getting used to Daniel, so he was still pretty mad at him. But even then, when he was like, "Plus Daniel was like off his rocker a little." Oh he yeah, was, yeah. He was just firing. But even then, write. when he was like, "You don't have any any um foot to stand on here," blah blah blah. blah. Daniel still argued his way out of the team to go look for the people who were stolen from Abeno. From so even when he was genuinely mad at Daniel, Daniel gets what he wants every time. And it's just so funny because every time they're not ready for it. Even the team was like ready to argue for this. And then Ham's like, guys, I, I agreed with Daniel on his first
1: point. You didn't have to keep making the point. We're yep. sending a team through. It's like when Troy dis- is- decides she's going to be on your lap. And you're not really fighting her, but then she gets on there, she looks at you all smug, like, I knew I'd get here, and you're like, bitch, I was never telling you you couldn't be, but okay. <laughs> sure, act like you defeated me. <laughs> yeah.
0: But then, um, after he says, we're we're sending a team through, Catherine goes, and I'm coming with you. That's where, Je- that's where Daniel gets it from, honestly. It is! Oh my god! She is god. his soul mama. <laughs> yeah. God, that that impetus.
1: That's just her. Whoever holds the uh, medallion. There we go. The, the, holds the, the power. Holds the power. He was imbued with it for a while. Mm-hmm. And it's still in him now. Yep. Especially because... Hey, it was it was for Ra, the fire, the sun, the power of the sun well, no, is in his veins. He was
0: imbued with her power <laughs> from wearing her necklace. And then he was made the spiritual leader of Abydos. So it just sort of
1: mm-hmm. focused in on him he's like the a best, conductor. He's the best kind of... Uh, authority figure though too because he doesn't really seek it out and he doesn't act like a total oh, odd, no. arrogant dick like he's a little arrogant in the sense that he always just kind of assumes he's going to get his way but that's more just like child-like <laughs> well that's thing. not even he's assuming he's going to get his
0: way he just refuses to accept anything right. else that's more he's like not a assuming child. he's going to get yeah. his way what he assumes is he's going to have to fight for his way right. every but, time he assumes he's going to have to fight right. for it but he, he also decides that he's I'm gonna get not there. going to stop fighting until I get what I want it will annoy them until they do it <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> or if I have to I'll sneeze on them I mean honestly hmm <laughs> Yeah. I mean, that's why he was a spiritual leader in Abydos, because Kasuf was still there. He's not taking over for Kasuf. Kasuf's a leader. He's like, no, that's fine. Do it. You guys enjoy. I'll do, never, I'll do the
1: overarching yeah. thing. You do the, 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 the more people to people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, while
0: they're looking at the coordinates... Uh, they realize that those coordinates are not on the... Um, Abydos cartouche. Abydos cartouche, which means that they were not charted by the gold, which confirms their earlier suspicions that the gates are not made by the gold. They're just used by them. mm mm-hmm. And I love that um, Teal... After... This is, a, this is a funny, like... Okay, this is by the same guy, too. So, Robert C. Cooper wrote the um, First Commandment episode. mm mm-hmm where Teal'c made the comment about the gold terraforming worlds. The same man in this episode writes that the gold were scavengers. Who probably didn't create the gates. Yes! And that they went from world to world taking technology they liked and repurposing it for themselves. And I just love that it's like, so
1: did they really terraform Teal'c? Did they really... (laughs) I mean, he's, it's hey, it takes a while for you to, to dig yeah. out every little bit of this indoctrinated crap. Yeah. So part of him probably hasn't stopped to think about Well, he saw thing. them going to other, he didn't see them not doing the terraforming. Yeah, exactly. So, in part of him's just like, oh yeah, they're false guys, this is fake, this is fake, this is fake. They totally terraformed. Wait. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's that moment at some point where he just stops and goes, wait. <laughs> this but doesn't love make sense.
0: But that when he says this, Catherine suddenly looks over at him and goes, you speak. And he goes, when uh, appropriate. When appropriate. And he just does it so solemnly, and just, the delivery is so freaking good. It's still good. with, like, kind of, like that
1: half nod of respect, though, just like, yeah, I knew,
0: but it wasn't appropriate until now.
1: But I'll respond Just to like
0: you. the one episode where, Teal'c,
1: why didn't you tell me this was gold writing? You did it not is. ask. <laughs> it's like, Teal'c. We need to have a discussion (laughs) about what is relevant and what is not asked yet. (laughs) You know, the moment they got back to SGC, Daniel sat him down and was like, okay. Pat on the knee, just like, all right, let's just have a little
0: talk. We have a little talk. You're not in trouble, but (laughs) (laughs) they all gear up to go through the gate. Really cute bit where... Catherine's standing between. Got a man on both arms. She's standing between Daniel and Jack and has her arm looped with both like, of them. On one
1: hand, it makes sense because she's, you know, older, uh, you know, sturdy on her feet. And the wormholes on feet. are yeah. not easy yeah, travel. exactly. And the other hand, I just love that she has two fucking chaperones because Those are her that's two that, boys. Yes, yeah, like, that has less to do with, like, you know, sexism because you would do that for anybody in the, you know, older, any older person that you respect. It's mm-hmm. just, it's just, it's a great little way of, because they point out, like, this shit, this declassified... Declassified? This classified shit should never have been classified from her, because no. she, she, I don't know, ran the whole fucking project, whatever. Like, Jack even says that. Yeah. So they, they definitely give her what she is due. The respect do.
0: she's owed.
1: Yeah, so having a man on each arm to walk her through, it's like, fuck yeah, we should have been doing this to begin with. We should have walked you through the first gate. Mm-hmm. Like, well, maybe not the first one, but like, yeah. we should have done this a while you ago. Know you what deserve I just this. thought of? Hmm.
0: So, like, um, her re-meeting with um, Jack is so fond. And, but it's like, Jack in the movie was kind of a dickhead. I'm assuming they got closer after yeah, he came Yeah, I was about back. to say, I was like, well, Jack knew Daniel wasn't dead. Mm-hmm. They both had a fondness for well, no, by the Well, no, she also knew. So they were sharing the fact that, well, Daniel decided to stay. Right. So they probably... Started hanging out now then, simply yeah. to talk about Daniel because that was their connecting force and they were the only two. Well, Kowalski.
1: Plus, he gets into astronomy, Shreddy. remember? I bet he every now and then yeah. came around. I bet she gave him like fun facts or helped yeah. him out with it. So, like, like I so. didn't even think about that until right now, but I'm like, oh, they got to know
0: each other and got fond of each other after. Yeah. So, it's only been in like the last um, year mm-hmm. that they really got close to each other. Six months. No, year.
1: Oh, sorry, that's Cause cause six Daniel months since he got back, back. Sorry, six yeah. months since he got back, my uh, bad. I was paying attention.
0: I almost said six months, so don't worry about that. Uh, so they walk her through, and a naked man walks out. Yep. And I love it, because the Like, they they're through for, like, 30 seconds. Yeah, mm. oh, yeah, they're they're standing there for 30 seconds, it's a crumbling, um, decaying- um, Fortress
1: by the sea. Yeah.
0: Uh, you hear, you like I like the uh, background sounds for this episode, because once they step over, there's consistent,
1: like, slightly crumbling stone noises in the background. For some reason, all I could think about was that scene from uh, Thor Ragnarok, where he's like, man, rock, yeah, perishable rock. All I could think it was perishable rock, because it's just like, the first thing you see is a crumbling little yes! piece of rock falling. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and
0: then and then and then like thirty seconds later, a naked man walks in, and I love that his um appearance is
1: announced by Sam looking off to the side and gasping. Yeah, just like oh. <laughs> she like turns and goes. uh-huh. I mean, honestly, isn't that your reaction? when You see a naked man walking yeah. towards you? It's, oh no!
0: <laughs> I mean, that's a nice reaction. I've seen enough
1: penises on uh, back when chatroulette was a thing. I saw enough penises on that for like. A lifetime. I don't need to see any more. So if I saw an old man walking towards me naked, I'm like, you know what? I don't Boy, need Boy, your
0: boyfriend must be real sad.
1: Let me rephrase. Strange naked penises. <laughs> Strange. People whose penises I, I don't know. The people who are attached to the penises. <laughs> Did not even think about that yeah, I hope he doesn't listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> like, if he's trying me like, a supportive boyfriend listening to this at work or something, and he's just like, fuck you, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. oh, shit. Alrighty, so. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> oh.
0: oh, my God, I'm in pain now. Alright, so, um. So he- is my boyfriend. <laughs> so he walks up. Uh, he looks really, like, out of it when he's walking up to them and like he actually reaches out and like touches Daniel on the arm and Daniel bless him knows why the guy did that and goes yeah for real and the guy as soon as Daniel says that the guy breaks down into tears and hugs Daniel so hard
1: yeah well I looked the guy up because of that, and honestly, I think I should probably read it, say this stuff now yeah, before we get it. too into him. Um, so the guy, he's dead now. He died in O2. Uh, his name, I'm probably saying is wrong, but his name is Keen Curtis. There's a lot of ease in that. <laughs> he's, uh, screen work isn't really what he's known for, actually. He was uh, more of a stage uh, actor. He actually won a fucking Tony Award in 1971 um, on Broadway. But what I love is he was actually discovered by Orson Welles himself. Uh, yeah, he uh, direct, Orson Welles directed the college production of Macbeth, and Welles cast Curtis in the role of Lennox the following year in his 1948 motion picture adaptation of the movie. And I've seen that. I had no idea it was the same guy. I was like, dude, I can't believe it. Because <laughs> actually, I, I did the whole thing on Macbeth as a mm-hmm. project in college. Yeah. It's just impressive. He He was... An established fucking actor, like he got, he had some pedigree, <laughs> and they got him to be in Stargate. So his acting in this is just so amazing, and it makes sense when you think about it because he had just a whole history of acting behind, you know, um, behind him, and the fact that you know, Force Wells discovers you clearly, you have some skill. But yeah, Tony Award winning, his uh, facial acting alone in this episode, yeah. But yeah, so his reaction, like when he's when he sees that says oh, so are good. real right before the hug, he hasn't broken down quite yet, but. You can see the emotion Uh running over his face. It's like, Jesus Christ, he's a good actor.
0: I love that when he hugs Daniel, Daniel actually hugs him back. Yeah. Did you notice that he goes around and decides to hug everyone else in the room? But, like,
1: barely hugs him. Nobody
0: else hugs him. Everyone else's hands are like... Out well, when from he
1: them. I love it when he heads towards Sam th- just yes. nope <laughs> he just sidesteps hard. and goes like uh <laughs> Last thing I need is to be hugged by an old naked man. So yeah, the guy
0: only hugs the men who walks through. Which I'm Because okay then that. he turns and sees Catherine Who's
1: like still on the steps kind of yeah. at the gate standing like all like staring at him. Right like, like you you know, a ghost. Like dumbstruck, mm-hmm. like holy shit. They said he might be alive, mm-hmm. but none of us really believed it. And holy fuck he wow. All right. What do you do- what do you even do in that situation? And he sees her I don't remember what he says to her. He kind of says her name. He's like, Catherine? And, and then, then he, he freaks out. And turns around and walks away. Right. And she's just like, um, okay, 50 years, and that's all he has to say. All right. To which my response was, he looked a little traumatized, lady. I'd give him a break.
0: <laughs> but I love that Daniel follows him immediately, because Daniel's like unofficial ca- camp
1: counselor. <laughs> right. So she says, like, she's obviously, like, they, one thing we didn't mention was right before they went through, she talked about how she was... A little fucking annoyed that he, she found out he, he had died, right? Oh, they yeah. see the um, footage of him getting put in, and she's like, oh shit, that's my boyfriend. She's like, it just, are you kidding me? They told me he died. My father was probably lied to me, probably to protect me, because the man I loved chose to walk through mm-hmm. something he had. No way. He chose his work, he chose his curiosity, he chose uncertainty over me. Oh yeah. And he died for it, they thought. So she's a little pissed. Yeah, I don't blame her. No, so honestly, she has every right. I, I, I take it back. When she goes, that's all he has to say, I'm like, you know what? Traumatized or not? Yeah, you're right. You fucking owe me an explanation here, dude. But uh, Daniel follows the man to this room and the guy starts to, like, talk to him and Daniel's just like, look,
0: can, can you put on clothes? <laughs> like, he was okay watching him at first. Right. Like, it was very, because, like, Sam was like, whoa! Wait for, and Daniel just kind of watched him. I was like, yeah, the anthropologist would be kind of like, eh, it's a naked body. Like, I'm not
1: comfortable with it, but But I understand. But if he's like, if I'm going to be
0: talking to one-on-one in a more enclosed room, can you
1: please put on some clothes? You can, like, see this is, like, where he's, like, living. Like, he has, like, a pallet in the corner, like, a little bedroll kind of thing. So he clearly has established fabric (laughs) around. He could make some clothes. And so he did. It looks like it's made out of his old scooping uniform. Yeah, it is. What I love is
0: that, like, right away... When he starts talking to Daniel, he pulls something from like his palate area and offers Daniel food.
1: Weirdly, yeah, he, he taps like, tap, taps him and then dumps in his hand. Like, yeah, like dark he doesn't want to
0: touch him. But I just think it's so sweet that he's like traumatized. He doesn't know how to deal with people. But the first thing he does is make sure they're fed. Like
1: it's just like, dude, they just came from Earth. Well, They've they, been eating. They're fine. The moment he realized he was trapped. He was probably trying to get back mm. through right away. I bet it was a little ways before, a, a significant amount of time passed before he was like, okay, I'm definitely stuck here. Oh, shit, food. Mm-hmm. So, like, that's probably something he remembers being a problem. Yeah. So, but it's, it's sweet. But it's very ve- sweet. he immediately offers yeah. Daniel yeah. food. It, it makes sense that he would draw upon his own experiences there. he's like, well, I got through and I was stuck, so. Food here. <laughs> and I love what I also love about that scene is that they
0: don't explain how he fed himself, but they make it clear in that scene that he was able
1: to feed himself. Right, it's like, no, he didn't just wander around for 50 years unknowingly somehow yeah, they don't spend any
0: time wasted trying to tell us how he was able to sustain himself, because really, that's not the point of this yeah. episode.
1: Obviously, since he's alive there was sustenance, yeah. moving on, kind of thing. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> and then he he refers to this place as Heliopolis. Something like that. The the repository of knowledge. Well, he explicitly says Heliopolis. Yeah. Which is, uh, like a a meeting place, um, in Egypt. Um, hang on. Ancient Egypt. It was a major city, and it was a major religious center.
1: Yeah, it it was like the Mecca of the time.
0: Yeah. Which comes into play later on when he shows Daniel the, um, pillar. He journaled he he starts, like, uh, showing Daniel his old journals of his time. Like, first he shows him, like, a page after page after page of just tally marks, counting how long he's been stuck here. And it's depressing to look at. Oh, it is depressing. Because it is just, it's regular sheets of paper, and they are full of tally marks. And it's at least five front to back that he's showing Daniel.
1: Mm-hmm. One thing that's always kind of annoyed me, and it wasn't uh, really, actually, that's a lot. I'm sure they established it at some point in, in this first show, but the pilot episode of Atlantis was one of the first times I can remember that they focused on how the planet has really short days and nights. Uh It's like this tally mark thing. It's like, so we're just going with the assumption that these days are similar enough. Like, we know it's been 50 years and 365 days a year. But for this guy, it's like, I'm assuming this was close enough to a 24-hour cycle that the tallies made Uh sense. It's just those little things where it's just like, they never really talk about that. And it just always kind of makes me go, like, they barely mention it in the pileup, so, like, you know, 36 hours a day. Oh, by yeah, on Yeah. But it's just, uh, that tally mark thing, it's, it's it's a great visual representation of how long he's been there. And it is really, really sad. But all I can think about is, yeah, but how long are the days? Well, <laughs> like, we don't know. He might have gone through no, with a watch.
0: He might have been using a watch. No, he could have.
1: He could have. It's just, it's just one of those things that a lot of, like, the audience members don't tend to think about. So, obviously, it's still 50 years worth of days. Mm-hmm. It's still depressing. But all I can think is, how accurate is that visual record? <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, whether it's accurate or not... It's not about the actual number, oh, I know, it's about I know. the
1: quantity. I know, I know. But that's the thing, that's what I'm talking about. The quantity could, It just, sometimes the stack could yeah. be different. It's a, I, I, I've said this before in other episodes, it's a weird thing for me to fixate on, but I can't help myself, I'm always just kind of like, yeah, but, but how long are the days? So, how accurate is that stack of tally? i have only got
0: 45 minutes for an episode. Yep, yeah. yeah. But I love that um, in the scene after he shows him the tally marks, then he shows him, he shares uh, the journal he's been keeping while he's been stuck here. And um, Daniel reads a few of them out loud, and he starts noticing that the guy references um, speaking with Catherine.
1: Yeah.
0: And then um, while he's talking, he's like Catherine, and then the guy says something about, oh yeah, Catherine. Uh, Catherine found me here uh, very early on. And then as he's sa- saying that, the camera pans over him and o- past him and over his shoulder, and suddenly like, Catherine's standing just past his shoulder. It's really good directing because nice. like. It starts on Daniel while he's reading it, and then as he looks to um, Ernest to, uh, that's the guy's name, I don't mm-hmm. think we've said it yet, oh, yeah. <laughs> um, It pans to Ernest as he's asking the questions to him, and then it moves past his head, and you just see over his shoulder, and suddenly Catherine's there. And she's basically like, no, I haven't been here.
1: Which is actually a great little scene they have, where he talks about, no, you were here the whole time, we had a long life together. Oh, God. And she's like, no, we didn't. It's like... You, you left. And he's like, no, you forgave me long ago. He starts crying. He's like, no, you forgave me long ago. She goes, no, I didn't. I thought you were dead. I was mad at you. <laughs> I moved on kind of without closure uh-huh. because my fiance died because stupidity. <laughs> like he was, you were just gone. I didn't forgive you because I couldn't forgive you. You weren't there for me to forgive. Mm-hmm. And that realization for him Oh yeah, his his god reality crashing breaks on his face. But I like he doesn't like deny it. He goes, his reality comes, hits him in the face, and his realization is immediate and devastating. Yeah, what I like about Ernest
0: because, like, like you were saying earlier in those flashbacks, he's definitely a man of his time, but like he's got the awareness to realize when he's fucked up. Right? And he does in this moment, too. Like, he's like, oh, no, no, we forgave we, you forgave me a while ago, blah, blah, He's self-aware. He's just like, no, I didn't. I was mourning you. I thought you were dead. His heart breaks, but you can see he's realizing, oh, I really did fuck up.
1: Yeah, it's like, I, I hallucinated a life with her because mm-hmm. I didn't have any other choice Right really yeah. at this point, but the only reason why I didn't have a choice is that I put myself in that position where I didn't have another choice. And, shit, I left her behind. Oh, yeah. I got to have my lifetime with her. She didn't, and that's because of me. Fuck, I hurt somebody I love. Yep. That sucks. And he clearly still loves her very much. Oh, yeah. Well, they both clearly still, because she's like
0: mad at him. Right. But like when she first saw him, you could see she like. She's happy. She was like, holy shit, he's alive. Mm hmm. Oh my God, yay. But yeah, meanwhile, Jack shows up and he's like, hey, this place is too dangerous. We gotta go back. Yeah, it's,
1: you know, literally crumbling.
0: And at first Daniel's like, well, but I wanna look around, like always. And Jack's like, yeah. We'll go back to SGC and then we can come back later, but we have to go back with everyone now.
1: <laughs> yeah. Do we already cover the scene with the, with the languages on the wall? No, no, that's okay, next. Cool.
0: That's after they discover the DHD right. is broken. Yep.
1: Yeah, I like it you pointed out, is that they get through and they never once try. They never even
0: looked at it. It's, like, far away. The button, which is the part that's smashed, so basically the button that you pressed mm-hmm. basically ignite the car, you know, like the ignition, that yeah. thing. That's, like, smashed in, and that's where the like, power crystals are stored. And distinctly not glowing. So they're, like, <laughs> all rearranged and messed up and everything. And But that's faced away from the entrance. And it's, like, distinctly, like, facing into a corner up against the wall, and it's like, no one went to go check the DHT? Nobody?
1: I should just realize that's another thing they established in this, um, is when they are trying to fix it, you know, to get back home. Yeah. yeah. Um, and when they were, um, you know, doing their thing. And actually, it, it messes with me. This. Uh... She, uh, Sam, Sam says, "I, I, it would take me forever to figure out how to rearrange these crystals." So I forgot. I didn't realize um how early in the show they actually mentioned those yeah. control crystals because those are a, are a very well used plot device. Oh yeah. In subsequent episodes of this show, they are used a ton in Atlantis. Um, I don't think they were actually used much in atlant- Um, in uh, universe, they had a different way of doing things. But yeah, I just I thought it was pretty cool that they actually established the crystals. Yeah. In a very early episode, just by the way, there's control crystals in these things, and they're important. Yep basically, so they're like, well, we're going to have to
0: jury rig this. And I love that this is actually um, uh, foreshadowing to a later episode, Prisoners, mm-hmm. where they have to do the same thing. The manual dying and finding a
1: power source. Uh-huh.
0: It's great. Yeah. It's, like, and in that instance, they have a lot less to work with. So it's great that in this instance, they have, like, two MALPs and, like, a lot of gear that they can, like... Y- throw all over the place. Gee, was that
1: convenient.
0: <laughs> so, like, I, I love that it's like, okay, we have a lot to work with to figure it out this time, because later on, we're not going to have that. So, like, I like that
1: they figured it out now. Yeah. I wonder how much of the overhead in SGC um is uh, lost MALPs. Because, like, I'm sure they recover our MALPs when they can. Yeah. But I wonder how many, like, what the ratio is of know. lost to, uh, bad. reused MALPs. And there must be a fucked up overhead. Those, those things cannot be cheap. Um, so in the corner. They're like, yeah, by the way, I guess we should be uh, trying to get home.
0: Okay, so Doesn't work. Oh, they discover yeah. the DHD is broken. Sam's like, okay, we'll, we'll have to uh, hotwire, basically. Um, while Teal and Sam are working on that, Ernest decides to show uh, uh, Catherine and Daniel,
1: Daniel the- It's like, um, since we're stuck, might as well show you what yeah. I've been looking at for the last 50
0: years. <laughs> and he calls it like a, a mecca, a meeting room. And each of the walls is in this room, with a pillar in the middle, is lit up with a row of different um, language symbols. And it's identified. And he, Ernest, even managed to figure out this much at least without his background knowledge of like gold and everything. He knows that this was a meeting place for four alien races. Yes. And then he shows him the um, pillar. Has Jack turn it on, which is great. When later on we have the whole thing with the ancient, ancient blood and Jack and everything. Um, yeah. Well, what happened if somebody else had tapped it? Oh, is this is well. A word? Later on,
1: Ernest turns a page, but Ernest might also have it. Yeah, intellect. probably no. Or it could be that remember they pointed out that sometimes once a, uh once a certain it's thing is already, activated anybody can use it yeah. it just has to be activated yeah who knows? so it could have been left over well, activated from something
0: else uh because Ernest had been looking
1: at it before so Ernest has to have ancient borders. that or was activated from the last person who was in there yeah and it
0: just never got deactivated. Yeah. <laughs> Well, we don't even know if it needed ancient
1: blood oh, at yeah. all. But if it did, it could have been that. It's just one of those things where it's very easily explained away if later on they're like, no, this wouldn't have made sense. It's like, yeah, no, yeah. it could have. But they, uh, the pillar like lights up into the
0: air and does like a giant holographic. You know, like those really old um, night lights that had little like the little globe on it yeah, that yeah. would put the constellations yeah. on your ceiling? Yeah. It does that with holograms. And um, they figure out that they're chemistry symbols, Mm -hmm. uh, like atoms and and elements. Elements and everything. And uh, there's something about how there's like 136 elements in this display, and they're like, we only know 111. Mm. And Earth is like, only 91 last time I was on Earth. Yeah,
1: that's actually one of my notes, (laughs) because I love the timescape that they represent there. Yeah. Like, in 50 years, we discovered 20 something elements. Yeah. And guess what? There's more. Oh yeah, like we're actually we're, we're um, scientists. Scientists, you know, today are in real life. We're actually pretty aware that there's definitely more. Oh yeah, yeah. We just don't know what they are yet because we haven't. Yeah, don't we have some sp-
0: spots on on the um, that we've
1: literally left blank spots? Yeah. knowing there has or to like, be. We're like we know there's there. something here. We yeah. just don't know what it is. It's yet. just we haven't been able to manufacture it ourselves
0: because we have not
1: been presented we figured
0: with. Figured out the patterns to these now, mm-hmm. so if we're like, well, if this
1: exists and this exists, then these have to exist yeah. in between it. So we just. For some reason, can't do it For yeah. some, you know, because we don't have the thing we need to make mm-hmm. it, or it's too hard, you yeah. know, it's outside of our technology scope right now. But yeah, it's a cool little timescape that a couple of lines draws for us. Yes, yeah, it's really cool. Um,
0: but they realize that the four great alien races used chemistry as a universal language. And this is how they communicated with each other in this mecca to share knowledge and um, culture and all of that stuff. Meanwhile, Sam is trying to hardwire the gate. They're using, like, the mount power and all that stuff. Yep. Um, and Jack comes back to check in on them, and they see it works for a minute. Not I even mean, yeah. a minute, like, 15 seconds or something. Is that, yeah. <laughs> and then it powers down again. And just when she's going, okay, well, maybe if I try, you know, like, trying to work out what to try next, um, there's a shifting rock sound, and Jack looks up for a minute, and then grabs Sam and yanks her by the flak jacket away from the DHD, just in time for a whole bunch of rocks to just come falling down from the ceiling where they were just standing. Yep. By the time they get back, there is a massive hole in the ground, the exact size of the DHD, and it's gone into the ocean. (laughs) It's like, on one hand, I can understand it would be this one heavy spot, so if it's gonna crumble anywhere, it would be there. But it's just funny that it's like, well, the one thing we needed is gone. (laughs)
1: Like, just in case you didn't know you were screwed. Guess what.
0: (laughs) And then we go back to uh, Daniel and Ernest being nerdy um, (laughs) with the pillar room. And uh, Daniel's reading one of the ones um, for the Asgardian language. Yeah, And he makes some, I, I don't know... I don't remember what reference he made, but it's a reference to the Asgardian religion or whatever. And then he says that something about Thor being an alien. And Ernest is like, wait, what? Thor an, is an alien? alien? And he's like, oh yeah,
1: uh, it's a long story. Yeah, <laughs> I like that scene because he's talking about, you know, I can't remember exactly what it was, but Ernest goes, yeah, humans must have been here. First, he's like, not humans, aliens. And it's the first time you are given a glimpse of the ancients. Yeah. Because the the ancients aren't aren't even really established as a concept yet.
0: Well, we know there are four ancient alien races. That's all we know. We just don't know
1: that one of them is the... uh, And we know that one of
0: them is the Asgard's. Yep. We don't know any of the other
1: ones. Yep. We know the Asgardians. Mm -hmm. We don't know the other races. But I do love it because that line about humans is like, we're actually their second evolution. Yeah. But that was a premise, a concept introduced really early in the show I love that. That's first. That's the first real mention of what eventually becomes an actual thing is that we're technically the yeah, second evolution of a different species. Mm-hmm. It's
0: awesome. Do they introduce that when Jack gets the download? May, might be. It, I, uh, I mean, we at least know that it, they're able to use Latin as a secondary translation source. Maybe. I don't know. We'll find <laughs> out when we get there. It's not that far away. It's season one. Yeah. <laughs> I love that in this moment, all of the team come into the room as a force together to confront Daniel because they're like, we need the power source for that pillar. And they know that Daniel's gonna fight them. And as soon as, as soon as one of them says we need that
1: pillar, he he instantly goes, no. I know. (laughs) He just, uh, no. (laughs) So indignant. Just like, are you fucking kidding me? No, we're all gonna die here because you are not taking that. Like, honestly, if you told him we need that power source because if we don't we'll all die here, like, okay, cool. You're not taking it. (laughs) I, I guess it. we died then. It's so dumb. I love it. Daniel's such a freaking nerd. Because <laughs> he, he gets so fixated on one thing, he just does not like to be presented with the alternating um alternative uh what alternative facts. Yes. Uh, that's all they are in his mind. They're not actual relevant facts. But then, like, they guilt him into it, and he's like, fine, fine, shoot at it. I don't, And he, like, looks away. Well, sh- shooting at it is not the no. way to do that. Like, I like can point out there is you could have blown up your power source. But I whatever. know. Also, you know how, like, those crystals were smashed in the DHD? How much am I bet this thing has crystals, too? How much am I bet that shot might, I don't know, blow up those crystals? But he mm. shoots at, Tilk shoots at it with his staff, and
0: nothing happens.
1: They're lucky. (laughs)
0: Yeah. And so Daniel's like, oh, cool, guess you can't use the pillar. Bye! He's he's not upset in a soul. No. Like, okay, have fun figuring out how to deal with the gate. I'm gonna stay here. Uh, But as they're like, well, what do we do now? Like, the whole time since they got there, like, we heard, like, the crumbling stone, but another constant background noise has been the storm outside. And while they're trying to figure out how to solve this, you keep hearing um, thunder outside. And then Jack just
1: goes, well, what if we use the Ben Franklin thing? <laughs> Which I love that they end up using that because that's literally referenced in an episode of Atlantis, specifically. They're like, yeah, we can do this. SG-1 wants to use lightning to power the amazing. gate, and it's like, booyah.
0: I love that Stargate, in every incarnation, is not afraid to reference old
1: as ball shit that they have done. They even get actors from the old shows on the so Adla- universe. Oh, yeah. Richard Dan Anderson appears. They get McKay. They obviously get Michael Shakes because he couldn't get away with it. You no, him off. no. But they get McKay, they get uh, Richard Anderson, they get everybody's great. So they're going to try the Ben Franklin
0: thing. And uh, meanwhile, uh, Catherine and Ernest are off in a corner talking about how Daniel's obsession with the pillar is a
1: problem. <laughs> and that's when it brings into, um, into light the uh, why the, t- the episode's titled... Torment of Tantalus. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Tantalus, of course, couldn't drink the water or eat the food. It was always just out of reach. And now it's just torment. Mm-hmm. That's, why, that's why we get the word tantalizing. It's really tempting, but you can't get it, yeah, because of the fact that um Daniel, when
0: he first sees the the um chemistry notes, like they f- figure out that yeah, it's chemistry symbols that you're saying universal out there, language, but it's some sort of cipher, yeah, um and Daniel's like this would take more than a lifetime to, to code, and it's like, well, you obviously can't stay here to do that. You know, so that's where the
1: torment comes mm-hmm. from. You. Like, he he wants it so bad. It's like if you he can't have it. It's like if a time machine existed, and you sent me back to the Library of Alexandria. Oh, and God. On the day it was to be burned down. And you told me I'd have, an, you know, as long as it was not burning, to read through it. And then it started burning. I'd be like, I guess I'm burning to death then. Because you cannot present to me this found of information and then take it away from me. I would die. <laughs> The library of Alexandria is one, the loss of that is one of the greatest tragedies of human existence. I feel his pain. I feel it, man. I'm gonna go with option B and shove as many
0: of those books into the time machine with me. Well,
1: yeah, <laughs> but the problem is that it, it's just what do you choose? There's so much we lost there. Like we lost these secrets, like Damascus steel and shit. Mm-hmm. We lost around. I'm not sure if that's the exact same time period, but it's close enough. We don't. That's what. That's where George R. R. Martin got the idea for um, uh, Valerian steel from. Is there's a type of steel called Damascus steel? Damascus steel? Yeah, I've heard. We of it. don't know how to make it. We don't know how they did it, but it's stronger steel. It's better steel. We don't know how yeah. to do it. Not even with today's technology, we can't reverse engineer it. We lost that information. We lost that knowledge, and it hurts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just hurts me inside.
0: So I have yeah. a prediction for the end of this episode, but I'm not gonna make it now.
1: Cool. All right. Oh, I know. Me too. Me too.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're thinking about the same thing. I'm, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> don't don't say it. No. We're not we're not jumping ahead. That's why I said I have a prediction, but I'm not going to say. <laughs> I was
1: thinking that earlier too. I was like, oh. Anyway, so all
0: right. Um. So oh, and one thing that you pointed out at the beginning, um, that was interesting about this is Tantalus, Do you remember? I I mean, I'm talking to the listeners now because the you're the one you. who brought this up to me in the first place. My complaints, my significant complaints about the fact that Pelops in Brief Candles seemed to be chosen. For no reason. There's still no reason for him to have been chosen for I, that episode. All I can
1: think is that because he was a kid, then when he died, maybe it's like the brief candles, like short life. But he didn't stay dead. I don't understand it either. I'm just desperately grasping at straws. The only thing I could
0: think is that, like he had a cult, but like even that, it's like okay, there were more than one cult in ancient Greece. I got nothing. It was, it was just, a throwaway episode for a throwaway a- god. <laughs> it was a, he wasn't a god, demigod, whatever. <clears throat> he was barely a demigod. Well, yeah, anyway. Because his was... dad was a demigod. Right, right. he's a quarter god. but yeah. whatever,
1: whatever whatever word for a quarter god So his god dad
0: is. was Tantalus.
1: Yeah. I know, I saw that as a trivia. I was like, oh shit, look at that. Mm-hmm. That's why he was uh, tormented. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh yeah, because he, because he fed his, his son <laughs> to the
0: gods. <laughs> Which, bad father of the year award. Uh-huh. So, Daniel doesn't want to leave. He's just in the the room, like, whether people are there with him or not. He's in there studying. He's recording stuff with his little camcorder. He's making notes, all that Desperately stuff. Desperately cramming as much info as he um, can. And Ernest comes in and points out a very important fact where he's like, knowledge is, use- knowledge is useless if you can't share it. Mm-hmm. What's the point in getting all of this information if you can't share it with anybody? Then you're just sitting here knowing this. Mm-hmm. It's pointless, and if anyone has the right to say that to Daniel, it's I Ernest. Spent fifty fucking years having to yeah. do that. Um, and meanwhile, like Ernest is trying to talk to Daniel like logically about this. Meanwhile, Jack's like, if I don't drag him in by his ears, he's not coming. So Jack has to go off like. Um, Sam and Teal have like jury rigged the lightning and everything. And Jack's been with them supervising and stuff. But at this point, he's like, I have to go get Daniel. Right. So he leaves to go get Daniel. And he's he literally like grabs Daniel, like, You're coming. Yeah. <laughs> I like how even Ernest left. Everyone's left and is going <laughs> through the gate. And Jack's
1: like, God damn it, Daniel.
0: <laughs> and uh, there's a part where um, Jack says something about you'll be stuck here. Uh, and Daniel says, I'm willing to take the chance. And Jack goes, Well, I'm not.
1: And that's when he grabs Daniel bodily and starts dragging him away. I think it's a great establishing of uh, Daniel's priorities, too. Because mm-hmm. if he stays there, he can't save his wife. I know.
0: That's kind of...
1: The thing is, I think if he'd had more time... Uh, he, would have, he would have had time to regret it. Yeah. But he also, was... it's a great way to present how similar he is. Remember, because Catherine says how much she he reminded her <laughs> of Ernest. So it's that moment of how similar he is yeah. to Ernest. Because he almost chose his research over his wife. Yeah. Just if like If he'd, he'd had, he...
0: like, a day longer on that planet to, like get his priorities re-centered and To understand everything. the ramifications
1: of his actions. Yeah.
0: Then he would have been like, oh no, I can't stay here. But because he had like ten minutes right. in this place. He was
1: shown the library of Alexandria just to have somebody go, now yeah,
0: done, you're done. It's like, yep, I but I love that like when, Dan- when Jack grabs him bodily and starts dragging him away, like Daniel's still fighting him and Jack, who knows Daniel well enough, realizes, no, I can't be the one to drag him through the gate. So he lets go of Daniel at that point and just looks at him and Daniel looks back for a minute and then grudgingly go, goes back to the pillar and picks up the notebook and follows Jack. Yep. Like, Dan- Jack knew, like, he as much as he was willing to, like, I have to go drag him back by his ears, he also knew that, again, this comes up a lot with Daniel, if he doesn't give Daniel the opportunity to make this choice himself, Daniel's going to hold a grudge about it. Oh, yeah. It was the same thing with Thor's hammer. He was like, no, you have to be the one to destroy the, the, the hammer. Mm-hmm. If you're not the one to destroy it, you will always hold a grudge about it. But there is something, there's closure in the fact that you make that choice. Oh yeah. And then he knows Daniel well enough to know that, like, with, with Sam, you wouldn't have to make her be the one to do that. She could look at it objectively and be like, okay, yeah. It's right. tragic, but I understand. Yeah. But he knows who Daniel is as a person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I love that moment. Uh, and and meanwhile, everyone else has gone through the gate, and Jack and Daniel are racing against time as the castle is falling apart
1: around them. I did love all the um just the subtle references to Castle by the Sea there. Yes, It's like yeah, we got it. Thanks.
0: Well, at one point, there's a really far distance, like literally the
1: castle by the sea. It's literally
0: <laughs> a pillar of of rock that it covers the yeah. entire pillar. Yep. Like, and you find out later on because uh, they get through just in the nick of time. And uh, then you, there's a little scene break, and then they come back, and they're trying to dial back in to see if they can get back to it. Right, and it's just gone. It won't yeah. ignite because you just know the whole castle. Went oh down. yeah, it
1: came down. Which kudos their timing for finding mm-hmm. Ernest just in the Oh yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so and I love that everyone knows that Daniel's
0: like really heartbroken right, for it. just sobbing everyone internally. takes like they, they just got this in- extremely traumatized man back from this planet. And who are they comforting? And everyone, including Ernest in that room, <laughs> is comforting Daniel for losing the library.
1: Right. Uh. <laughs> They're like, it's okay, Daniel. I'm just like in- I feel it, though, man. I mean, I would have, I oh my god.
0: I just thought it was so funny. It's like, he's such the baby of the group. It's like, oh, the baby's angry. <laughs> but yeah, um, so they, they all comfort him and go off, and then you just get a nice little close on the episode with um Catherine and, and Ernest hugging, and, you know, the insinuation that they're going to go off and be happy together. Yeah, which, all right then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a great little wrap-up of the episode. Yeah. It's just nice. It's a good episode. Yeah, I love this episode. Robert C. Cooper again. Robert C. Cooper you, knows what he's doing. He is my man. Yeah, him and um there's another one that's coming up. You uh before we got started recording, you saw I got a little too into looking ahead at like yeah. the writers for episodes and I was like, Ooh, this one other writer is also really good. So there's like two that I know, <laughs> yeah, I, know I can I started tuning on. you out. I was like, I'm not gonna yeah. to spoil
1: all this real. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, to be fair, I didn't like say anything. No, no, no. I was no. just like,
1: oh, he wrote just this episode. On the off chance you did, though, I was kind of like, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> so, uh huh, uh
0: huh. So, Robert C. Cooper, always a pleasure. I'm going to have to give this one a thumbs
1: up. Oh, fuck yeah, thumbs up. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nobody died. Nobody died. Someone almost did Daniel. <laughs> All right? I kind of guy who was trapped there for 50 years. This is the one who almost died. Oh. <laughs> it's the new guy. Because he was ready to get the fuck oh, out. Yeah. He's like, I am done, let's go. <laughs> yep.
0: <laughs> and now it's time. To, uh, this is the part where I was making a prediction very early on in this episode. Yep. Are we a Jack or are we a Daniel? I'm a Daniel! Yeah! I'm
1: not shocked! I I feel his pain. Oh my god, I feel his pain. I don't, okay, this so, is so, this. okay, so I'm actually gonna stop and say this for a moment. <laughs> Spoiler alert for anybody who wants to play Horizon Zero Dawn, but hasn't yet. Like me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you remember, I don't care about spoilers. Okay, good. Anybody, I watched um, you play the DLC. Right. You
0: remember that, yeah, right? I so, watched you yeah. play the DLC. So everybody uh,
1: who like wants to play it, uh, doesn't want to spoiler for the ending of the game. Um, just tune out for like I don't know. I'll, we'll let you know when you can come back. Two minutes, two minutes, if that. That uh, the game um, plays out. It turns out you know it's, it's obviously in the future, so on, and yeah. so forth. There's this psychotic asshole. Who takes it upon him? He he has a mental breakdown. Mm-hmm. He decides that the reason why everything always goes wrong—he's by the way he's the guy who actually almost—he's the guy who literally created the end, yeah the Armageddon. Mm-hmm. This same asshole. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, I, he decides I that the only way, yeah, the only way to uh, prevent that from ever happening again mm. is to erase the collective knowledge of humanity, so it can't be taught down, so we won't make the same mistakes, so the next generation won't make the same mistakes. So he erases repeating your mistakes. He 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 he, he erases mil- two millennia worth of information and it's just a game i had to stop playing for like a week i eric was like babe it's okay i'm like no he deleted no <laughs> that is that is everything that we even people who don't matter contribute in some small way to human history he erased all of it. <laughs> that is too." Thousand years of recorded history and knowledge that he erased on a whim. <laughs> I, it broke me. That, that, that ending, the actual ending of the game is very, very sad in a good way. Like, mm-hmm. you know, in a very well-crafted game storyline kind of way. The biggest heartbreak is that scene where you realize that he purposely and easily, unfortunately, deleted all of that. I was like, I, I can't. I can't even imagine purposely just why would you do that? I lost it. I could not, have, I still bring it every right now and then. If something reminds me of it, Eric gets to deal with me ranting about it in, in short, for like a minute or so, I me mean, going, and can you imagine me deleting, tomb all of that, no. <laughs> so yeah, I have a, I have a bit of a, of a, of a, you don't say. Yeah, it, it hurts me. It, honestly, like that, whoever came up with that as a premise is a genius because if that doesn't strike to the heart, I don't know what does. So yeah, losing all that information, all that knowledge, Would kill me. Uh So yeah, I uh, I, I'm definitely a Daniel in this one because I honestly, part of me, I was joking when the episode was when we were watching. I was like, I I honestly, I might just be like, well, I guess I'm gonna die then. (laughs) I don't even care about everybody else not knowing it. It's the fact that I would get to know Uh it, the chance to answer questions you didn't even know to ask, in that moment, having to leave that behind, (sighs) that would literally be torture. That would be torture of the just the the highest degree. You could rip my fingernails out (laughs) and I wouldn't cry as much as I would if you put me in that situation. So yeah. So yeah, uh, spoiler's over. Uh, t- don't talk about the game. See, yeah, I'm a a about two
0: minutes. Nice. I was cool. watching the thing.
1: See, uh, just, uh, I'm a Daniel.
0: Okay. I'm a very sad Daniel in this one. I'm pretty happy because this is um, an episode where we get to buck the trend. I'm definitely a jack for this one. Yeah,
1: my, my pragmatism disappears in this
0: one. Because um, A, when you were saying, oh, I would just stay here, I'm like, I'd get bored too soon. <laughs> oh, God. <no. sighs> I couldn't handle being there alone with there being nothing. The alone part would suck. But I'd get over it. <laughs> so I was like, no, I couldn't do that. And then, um, I mean, just not agreeing with Daniel on that is, wasn't enough for me. But then I thought of a Jack, Jack moment where I'm definitely Jack. Yeah. And it's the part where when Hammond comes in, like, where's Daniel? He's supposed to be briefing SG4. And Jack, Jack doesn't even look up from the files and just goes, no, I haven't seen it. Yeah, just, no, what are you talking about? Who? Oh, no. i don't know a daniel is that a new danielle uh, i don't know a danielle no, so good. yeah I, i'd have to be a jack Yay, for this yeah, one because it's just friends. like because of the fact that he's like okay i'm gonna have to freaking yank you over and also the fact that i'm like the the, the lightning guys the lightning yep but yeah so i guess <laughs> this is i think the second
1: episode i've ever been a jack right i feel like yeah it's wild Hey, I'll take it. <laughs> we're we're always so excited for this moments. I know because so I'm
0: always trying to be like I'm not going to be predictable. I'm not going to be predictable, and I'm always a Daniel. But in this one instance, no, can't do it. Yep, and it's not even really about sharing the knowledge. Just like it wasn't even about sharing it for me. It's just next? knowing it, getting yeah. to know it.
1: Oh my god, I would just, uh, I would die. I would be so happy. That would be. That would be. That's my mm. happy place. It's a non crumbling version <laughs> where I get to stay. All
0: right. Uh. So that's the end of this episode. Um, the episode for next week is episode 10, Bloodlines.
1: I know that, I know that. Oh, yes! So- oh, I love this one! Uh-huh. Cool, I'm excited. Yeah. Hey, this is the one that has, um, oh, fuck me, I was just watching her. Uh, don't say it, I got this, I got this. Um, plays Allison Eureka. Richardson, uh, Whitfield. Fuck me. Oh, you know this what? The chick who plays Allison in Eureka, she plays um his wife. I don't watch I don't watch Eureka, oh, so well. I can't answer that
0: for you. <laughs> you know what? My I'll earlier assertion about the uh, order of Hathor making sense doesn't because his reaction in is in Bloodlines where he has that flip out. Weird. Is it? Hang on, hang on. Yeah, it is. Really, Hathor should have been before Bloodlines. Huh. That's odd. Either way, good episode. He does have a flip out in
1: Hathor that also shows that. You know, reaction, actually, but... episode should have also been before Bloodlines. Though is the Knox just because it brings back Apophis for a moment or two, because this is about the ramifications of Teal's actions, and it's like what it did to his family, what happened. So reiterating what Apophis feels about him right now would have been good as a reminder before this.
0: Yeah, and like, fire and water is just randomly in the middle of those... Yeah, yeah.
1: I'm not sure about these four episodes of the order here, but I mean it we've been it going is. by the
0: DVDs, yeah. so that's what we're, we're going to keep
1: doing. Besides, you know, it's been long enough since we've seen it that maybe like there's some detail mm. in there. We'll be like, oh shit, never mind. This makes more sense. So yeah. whatever. Sure, sure. We'll go with that. But yeah, so that's for next week. Until then, Sally Richardson Woodfield <laughs> plays Allison in Eureka and plays his wife on this. I don't know who that is. I know, but I, I'm just happy I remembered her name. Oh, anyway. Okay.
0: <laughs> so, if you want to get a hold of us. You can find me on Twitter at It's Mel, not Liz, and list at It's Liss, not Mel, or our podcast Twitter at PointOfOriginPC. Uh, you can email us at pointoforigincast@gmail.com, or write something on the side of the tissue box and throw it through the swarmhole. hole.
1: As always, you can find links to the things we talked about during the show in the show notes, and if you like our show, don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. Thank you for joining us on this week's Incursion Through the Iris, and until next time.